Oh no, stop. Um, we are back with episode 5 of Slice of Beef. Uh, my guest this week is Jade Lebrun, uh, all the way from Lorette, Manitoba, a uh, man with a thousand ideas. Um, before we get into him, though, I gotta give a quick shout out to my friends at Bear's Home Baking, aisle 7 of the Old Strathcona Farmer's Market. Gotta check them out. Tell them Manga sent you. Jade, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good. Don't have, I'm out of work now, so that's nice. I don't have to think about money anymore. Oh, exactly. <laughs> the banks, you know. The banks, just ripping them off, eh? Well, no, I, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to work there. <laughs> they would kind of like that, I think. Yeah, they might. <laughs> but yeah, it's been, it's been an interesting week here. Uh, my wife, Evie, now we're starting on a new diet, and... As you know me from working at camp together, I don't like not eating a lot. Yeah, what diet are you doing? Does it have a fancy name? It basically we're not eating sugar, like carbs or meat or cheese or anything like that. Only natural. Only natural. Well, I don't know how I'm gonna survive. It was the first day and she was already complaining, like, Oh, I'm hungry, I miss sugar. I'm like, Oh, it's only the first day. How long are you guys doing this for? We're going to push for 31 days. No, not three weeks. Three, three weeks. weeks. Okay, so 21, 21 days. days. That's not bad. Yeah. So are you guys like just hoping to lose weight or are you just hoping to like bulk up with this? What are you doing? Well, I've gotten a bit more huggable mm. since uh, leaving camp because I don't have to, you know. Uh, 23 hours a day? Yeah, swing a pickaxe at frozen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me yelling at you for at least six hours. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> But anyway, so I don't have the strong back that I had back then, so I'm trying to do that. And we're also going to the gym now. We signed up just before I came here, actually. Oh, nice. So that's going to be, get some classes. It'll be all in French, so Evie won't know what's going on. But she'll just she'll go just, with it. Yeah, you can see what they're doing. If they jump, you jump. If they push up, they push up, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's harsh. Uh, she knows, how, how many languages does Evie know? She knows English really well. Portuguese, that's her native language. She can get by with Spanish if she has to, and she understands French. Okay. Oh. Yeah, and then that's. And what that's are you it. at for languages? I can. My English is okay, as I hope. I hope it is right now, as we're speaking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my French is good, and then for Portuguese, it's a lot better. It used to be kind of rough because when I first started speaking. I accidentally asked Evie's dad to fight me, <laughs> and then he just laughed at me because he knew I didn't know what I was doing. And he, it's a good thing he's this tiny little guy. Like, you know, maybe I, if he would have fought for some reason, I could have got him. But I mean, those down. little guys are like never be trusted. I know. It is the lower center of gravity. Yeah. <laughs> They're way, way crazier than anyone else. But yeah, I mean, other than that, oh, and I accidentally, when I was in a, a supermarket, so in Portuguese, there are two words. There's coco and coco. One of them is shit, and one of them is coconut. There you go. So while I was in the, the superstore, I yelled out that I love shit. <laughs> I, just, I just was so excited that there's coconut there because I love coconut water, and I just let loose. And hey. people just looked at me. <laughs> Everyone's a little concerned about you. Yeah, they probably think I'm some kind of freak. How did this guy get out of the Selkirk Hospital? With his broken fortune. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's not the only thing I did in Brazil. So another thing that I, I did was, you know, like when you're pretending to do a pull-up, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do some pull-ups. So then I was doing that. And then apparently in Brazil, I mean, something completely different. And you're going to go nail somebody. Wow. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> so then I was going around doing that in the subway. <laughs> oh, I'm not. 
Yeah, I didn't know how things weren't there. Oh man, <laughs> it's amazing that you never got jumped while you're in Brazil. I yeah, I did so many things that made me look like a tourist. I should have. Yeah, you might as well just have the Canadian jersey on and just uh, declare how much you love the Canadians. That's a maple leaf in my pocket. To... Yeah. No, no, I promise I'm foreign. You don't want to hurt me. <laughs> but yeah, that was. I mean, what was your question again? I completely forgot. I. Man, I don't even know what I asked. We got two people with senility here. We'll see right? What yeah, it's amazing that we work together and actually completed projects together closely too. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. For those of you that don't know, uh, I worked with Jade at Camp Arnis uh, for two years. Uh, his first year, he and I worked in outdoor education, and the second year, he and I. What was our title? Um, uh, follow-up coordinator? Sure, let's go with that. Like that. I mean, it sounds fancy. But... It really sounds fancy. <laughs> um, yeah, I think you took the lead on most of the stuff. I was just the idea, man. Well, because, like, with that one there, it was there was really no set thing on how to do anything, right? We were kind of just let loose because they didn't have anywhere else to put us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was amazing they kept us around for nine months. I was surprised. Because, <laughs> honestly, when I applied... I was just thinking, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do next year. I'll just apply and see what happens. Maybe they'll take me. Then they took me. Yeah, they took all of us except for poor Gage. Yeah. Poor Gage. Should have just thrown him back outside to work maintenance. He'll be forever missed. Oh. But now he's in camp forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's on the state out of walk. But yeah, we, we did some good work, though. We came up with some good projects because you were good at seeing just the possibilities and I was just good at I guess, you, you were uh, pieces. yeah you're putting out the fires that I was setting it's like no we can just build the biggest fire we can and then you're like no no we'll put this out and I'll build a relatively good fire and then Matt would put out the fires that I would make oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's always a spot checker for us yeah we always have this joke that uh, Matt he was he was head of the safety committee to make sure nobody did anything dangerous and then me, I was head of the danger committee to do everything that they did. So, like, we would we would play jokes, and there's this one joke that I might get in trouble for this one, but I'm going to tell it anyway. We were uh, we were in the pool, we were swabbing the deck or whatever, getting her clean, and then uh, this girl named Sophia, she was in the in the uh, girls' change room spraying the floors down. So then I I was in the mechanical room, and I thought, you know what? This is a great time to turn off the water because Gage just went to go grab something and he's going to be passing by shortly. So I turn off the water. I I leave the change room and then I get out of there as quick as I can. <laughs> and then water was off. Sophia came out, saw Gage, yelled at Gage. <laughs> they weren't impressed with each other. So then I don't know how they ended up doing this, but somehow they went back into the the change room again. And then I went back and I turned the water on. And then, you know, when you turn a hose on, the pressure builds up, right? So they just got Gage real quick. Gage <laughs> grabs the hose, gets Sophia. And I don't know if they ever figured out it was me. Oh, classic. But oh. it was it was so worth it on my end anyway, because I didn't actually get wet at all. Oh, I think Gage listens to this, so now you've been, you hosted yourself, so good luck. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. You know, I mean, he put my number on Craigslist, so... Oh. <laughs> Holy, I forgot about that. That was fantastically awful. <laughs> you go ahead tell and tell Go ahead and tell him. I oh, probably okay, forget so one. Gage is just one of a kind human being. He's just so humble. He can be so quiet. Yeah, you can just move that stuff. Yeah, it's just a place. Gage is one of those people who pull pranks on you whenever he, if he really likes you. He loved Jade. So, I think it was an early... In September of what, 2017, 18? Like second year. Early yeah. in our second year, and he puts Jade's number on Craigslist. Man looking for another man to have a good time. Did you get dick pics? Well, I I did get a job offer. So somebody was asking for my dimensions uh. and was wondering if I'd be interested in doing some, uh, let's say, acting in the <laughs> film industry. <laughs> And then, uh, yeah, I got some, some text like, hey, you know, my size is this. Would you be interested in meeting <laughs> So then I was like, what the heck's going on here? And during that time, I was on a date. That was the funny thing. Oh, yeah. So, of course, everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Good old gauge. Well, it just picks the best times for things. I really was mad at first, but then now it's just like, okay, whatever. Yeah. No long-term damage. No, no. But I mean, like, that one's a spooky joke. The best was when Audrey was reaming oh, out the next day. Man, that poor kid got reamed out almost every other month for doing something stupid. <laughs> Great. Oh, I love her. Um, okay, well, since we're still at camp, talk about that. What was the, like, highlight of camp? What was your, like, mountain peak? Uh, well, I would have to say, are you talking joke-wise, physically? Like, let's just say, okay, because we did. Best memory? Best memory, let's go with that. I would have to say, for me, the the highlight was when Matt and I, we find, like we, we both got our lifeguarding distinction. That was the highlight, because we both put so many hours into that pool, and honestly, when I was doing the, the test... I almost drowned myself. Yeah. Because we had to do this thing called like a two person, you know what this is. Yep. And you know as well as I do that I didn't float, neither did you. No. <laughs> so what I ended up doing was I had a problem keeping above the water and mine, so I just kept their head above the water. And then I did like basically a two person carry underwater swim in one to get the distinction and that was that was rough. <laughs> but like when we when I got it and then, you know, Matt and I, we kept going to the pool because I wanted him to get it as well, right? Because he, he was going to the pool. So I would try and swim and, you know, get him going and, and pace him. And when we both got it, and that was that was the highlight for me for sure. Nice. And what was the low light of that, of your panic camp? Like, I understand how tough it is, how isolating it is out there. And the bullshit drama that happened. So what was the hardest moment for you? I would have to say when I needed to, when we used to have a young adults group in Loretta that I was heavily involved in, mm -hmm. that I would help, help lead. And then when I started that first year of camp, I couldn't do everything. I needed to cut one thing. So I was in, I was in a, a school program as well. I was doing camp. I was trying to go for lifeguarding and I needed to drop one thing. So then I thought, okay, I'll I won't be as involved in this group anymore. And then unfortunately, I didn't properly train anybody to take my place, mm. so it didn't end up being passed forward. So if any of you guys are in leadership, just keep that in mind. You always want to be replaceable. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in case somebody calls in sick or something, or in case you need to call in sick, something like that. Um, but I didn't I didn't think about that at the time, so I needed to make some hard decisions. I mean, well, you were 21 at that point, so how could anyone expect you to know? Um, man, that's interesting that you say that. Like, that's uh, that's something that affects someone else so deeply. Well, and, you, and you let it, like, that's your moment of weakness. I, I love that. Well, because you, you, you see something grow, right? You see this group go from five guys squeezing each other's necks, slapping some instruments, slapping some drums, whatever, to seeing... You know, sometimes 40 people go into one place in one room. Yeah. And then just to see it all shrink back again, right? Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was the, the hardest part. Um, and then also, too, another thing was helping out my, my family mm -hmm. on the camp budget as well, trying to, trying to figure that out. Um, <clears throat> that was tough for the first year, but then the second year I was like, okay, this, this isn't sustainable anymore. I need to try and teach them how to help themselves, right? Rather than you being the out of fish kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So then that's what I stepped back and, and tried to do. Um, how did that go for the first little bit? It went well. At first, I just didn't want to say anything, so I just pretended to be broke all the time. Because <laughs> I was just trying to think, like, okay, what do, what, do I, what do I do here? How do I word this conversation? But then I started to think, like, what are the practical things that I can use? Okay, I can help them, you know, spend less on the phone bill. I can help them, you know, save on groceries, whatever. I can help them see holes and whatnot. Share what's what's helped me. Yep. So it's I was it's just more so just the time it took to, to try and teach. And they're not they're not perfect now, right? But they're a lot better off in there. Yeah, they they listen to my because what used to happen is they never used to listen to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're being right, like I told you. Yeah, and yeah. And now they, they kind of listen. Yeah, it's interesting being the young man who's like 
got the words of wisdom and everyone's like, no, no, you're too young. We can't listen to you. Yeah, because when, when my grandpa passed, it was, I got promoted real fast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you instantly become the man of the, yeah. the family. That's, like, what age did that happen? Sorry. Uh, that happened our first year. Lifeguarding. Yeah, when we took the first lifeguarding test, so I was 21. Yeah. Man, that's, that's spooky. Uh, the same week we took a lifeguarding test. You were a hero, man. Wow. I just, I just wanted to get it done. Well, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I don't blame you for that at all. Yeah. Um, it's something I couldn't have done. I like had that happen. Like I, you know, I was already this close to quitting Forge. Oh yeah, Forge, I might have quit. Absolutely. <laughs> like especially lifeguarding, I hated that. Like, there's very few things that I've gone through where I'm just like, yeah, no, this just don't. But I got pushed to it. But the fact that you. A wanted to excel, and then you excelled, and then you just you had a lot of you had a gong thing, man. Like there was a lot. That first year was the hardest, I'd say. But honestly, that was the year that I grew the most. Yeah, because it's always when your back's against the wall that you really you really learn and you learn quick. Yeah, because if you spend your life sitting on a chair, like you just you don't you get, get easy. You don't grow. You don't learn. You don't get smarter, faster, whatever. Yeah, you just yeah. you grow stagnant and. Eventually, you start to lose out on really solid friends. And yeah, I've started to notice that difference. Like that, I think Forge was one of the best things that ever happened to us. And yeah. stupid and hard as it got sometimes, where you're just like, screw it, I'm just, I'm going to quit, I'm out, I'm done. <laughs> Man, pushing through that stupid program sometimes, especially with our group. We were so dynamic. Oh, we were the most dynamic group ever. By far, I think we were one of the best groups that could have completed that program. We got a lot done. Yeah. We sure did. It was. I still remember in in October. I I was. You were gonna pack up. Money. I was close to quitting. I had my car completely packed up. I was just like, okay, I'm gone. I don't care if they they sue me or whatever. Like it's it's not worth it anymore. Yes. Yeah. There was just there was a lot going on, and and then it was actually a friend of mine, you know, or Sarah. Yeah. She stopped me. We were she was sitting on the stairs, and we were, she was just talking. Oh, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. And then she actually convinced me to stay. Yeah, and ironically, she's the one who will call it for what it is. She got let go. Yeah, she, she didn't quite make it. But yeah. So I was, I was just surprised that she and she genuinely it. loved the program and she wanted to work. Yeah, yeah. she didn't want she to work. She did. And, and then her husband happened to get there and whatever, <laughs> falling in love with another person. How dare she? Um, <laughs> but. Yeah, that's the one thing I found interesting is I think all of us, except for Matthew, at one point or another, we're going to leave that first year. I don't know what Matt is. Even with the canoe trip, you know, when it was raining for two days straight or whatever, at the end of the day, all he could say was, well, it was a reasonable day. Right? Just like... <laughs> <laughs> like, Matt's the, <laughs> Matt's the real Iron Man. <laughs> right? Like, I remember coming to the end of that, and I was just like, I'm just... Kill one person. I don't even care at this point. <laughs> like I don't know these people. I remember our first conversation. I had no idea who you were. I was like, this is the most reasonable person out here. I am so happy that he's... I have a reasonable male out here who is just cool. Yeah, we, we definitely had... That canoe trip was rough because... Two days of cold rain. And then it's funny because earlier you were talking about how responsible I am. But leading up to this, I wasn't responsible at all. So what I did was... Before we went to the canoe trip, I was living with my aunt and my, my little cousin, and we were playing video games, you know, to kind of send me off and have a good time. But then we, uh, yeah, we just lost track of time, so I didn't really quite have enough time to pack. So then so then we, I just got in my car, and I was just driving, and I was like, ah, it's going to be good, a nice little canoe trip, it'll be a happy day. And then we, I get there, and then... We're leaving. Like, what? We're leaving right away. I thought I'd have some time to go down. <laughs> but then, no, we didn't really have much time. So I had forgotten my shoes. So I was wearing my sandals. And luckily, there weren't flip-flops. At least I got that right. They closed. And then I also forgot my sweater and a sleeping bag. <laughs> so I had, I had next to nothing. You had, what was it, three rolls of toilet paper? I had one roll. You had one roll of toilet yeah. paper, and that was it. And I remember it's early a Bible. and a Bible. That's it. And I, I was like, yeah, this could, like, I, our conversation was like, whatever. It was a nice sunny day. <laughs> yeah, reasonable dude. And then I was just hearing like, what you didn't bring? I was like, 
is this guy stupid? Yeah. Who is he? And, like, that's essentially what I thought of you all year. Like, he's reasonable, but geez, can he ever be dumb? Yeah. Like, I, like on our trip out onto the lake, I remember you're going to cut Gage's rope for some stupid reason. And, like, at that point, I was just like, Jade, stop and just just listen for three seconds. Use your brain. I, I just, I was this close to losing it on you. I had to walk out of the building and I was like, okay, just let Jade do his thing. Just let Jade do his thing. <laughs> and then it worked out. And it was funny because I wasn't even serious. Oh, you weren't? I was not serious. I definitely thought you were serious at that point. <laughs> I was just like, this kid just keeps doing things. Because that's what happens. Like, cause we, I took a lot of theater in high school, so I can make, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. But but yeah, so with the uh, with the lake trek, it rained for, you know, two, two days of it. So I got pretty frosty at some points. And Sarah, she had a... Gone? Uh, you're talking about Sarah. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, doing a thing. Oh, well, because I think we're talking about those lifeguarding. Oh, no, we were, that we were long past that. We were closer to... Brian and Sarah dating? No, no, we already passed that. Sorry, uh, I had to stop the broadcast abruptly to move Jade's car. <laughs> I didn't tell him where to park properly. Um, you were somewhere. Um, new, new question? Oh, a new question. Sorry, everyone. I was kind of excited. It was the life, uh, not the, uh, the winter trek. Ah, uh, the winter trek. Okay, so yeah, I was just I was just saying with that one, I was just pretending to, to, pretend to cut Sarah's rope. Because those ropes are ridiculous and intricate. Mm-hmm. The cutting one of those ropes would be a very bad idea. Oh, yeah. Because the whole thing is tied together in a kind of a weave. Yep. Like kind of a basket to hold all your stuff and keep it falling out. So if you cut a section of that, it causes problems. Gage, I think it was Gage, he was, he was trying to steal my snowshoes or something stupid like that, and then we, we erupted into that. Yeah, yeah, just little things, too. That's that's what gets you at a program like that, when you're so close to the same, what was there, there's nine of us. In one house. In one house. Not even a big house, either. It's, yeah. It was a, a four-bedroom, five-bedroom? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, nine of us in a five-bedroom house, and, yeah, yeah small rooms, and... Really, the same night, the same fifteen people you see day in day out. Matt had to Matt and I had to push the bed together some nights. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't lots of room. No, <laughs> okay. you gotta get cuddly with your roommate pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, camp was was an experience. And one other one other notable thing that I can think of is uh, one time somebody told us that they were being attacked by raccoons. Yes, that was Kiana. Yeah. Oh, what a we went and to go rescue them or whatever. We we get there, walk all the way there. It was what a twenty minute walk, something like that. It's more like uh, probably like a ten to fifteen minute walk in the dark. Anyway, it's it's more than staying at home and just sitting down. Yeah. But so we we walk all the way there and we get there and we completely waste our time. They're just laughing at us. <laughs> There's no raccoon anywhere. No. So then uh, we were walking back and then I I lean over to Sarah. And I'm like, hey, watch this. And I have this big log, and I throw the log into the forest, and it makes this big crashing sound. And then everybody thinks it's a bear. So they all get scared <laughs> and scream. Uh, that, was a, that was a good tricks. one. Um, okay, then like during summer camp itself, you that first year you kind of got thrown around, and eventually landed yourself into a role. Yeah. And for the second year of leadership. Um, I know you didn't last the entire season, uh, year, but what is it like to be a young twenty-something as a leader? Well, it's it was a little because with the unit that I was in, the age was age eight. gap was a little bit more. Was it eight to ten? Well, the kids, yeah, but yeah. the the cavalry leaders, cavalry. they were 16. 17, They were pretty raw and green. Yeah, it's all the way up to a guy my age. Yeah, yeah. So it could be anybody, really. Yeah, really anyone, but. So what was that like meeting fresh green kids? It was it was really good. Um, I wish I wish I could have just done that because I was doing a stint in OE before that, mm-hmm. and that tired me out quite a bit. I thought I could do because when they offered me, I had two choices. I had the I could either do that or I could do waterfront coordinator, and I didn't think I was in the shape to do waterfront anymore. <laughs> Not that second year, not after our office. 
But so I did that just to kind of take it as a little bit of a challenge. But it was it was different because you know one thing that I do is I I like to keep order, but I like to try and have it in a fun way, like keep everything organized, structured, and whatnot. So one thing that I would do to try and get them to go to bed on time is I would just sit there with a box of water balloons. It works for the cabin leaders. It works for the kids. And you're just chaotic good. Yeah, so I'm, you know, you know where my cabin was. Yeah. You could not go to the bathroom without passing by my cabin to go to the dining hall. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I eventually got my hands on a water gun. Right? And I tell them, I'd be like, I have a phone here, I have a timer, you got three minutes. There you go. Or you're getting beaned on your way back. Love it. <laughs> do you regret leaving early that summer or do you think that was the right choice? That was definitely the right choice. Like I couldn't couldn't stay the whole thing. I Yeah, you with, were done. With the the volume of work that I had, it was busy for me from March basically until that point. Mm-hmm. And some days I wouldn't even eat properly. I'd just eat like a whey protein. I'd be on the go so fast. Yeah. And then I needed to figure out how to keep eating in the country. Mm-hmm. I needed to find some way to, you know, pay for the visa. Um, yeah. And then with my, I found out that my grandma was actually sick also. Yeah. I found out she was diagnosed with cancer at that time. So there was just too many things keeping me away from camp. Like I didn't have a reason to stay anymore. Yeah. So I was just, I didn't want, I didn't want to leave. I wanted to stay and finish it, but it got to a point where I was so burnt out that I couldn't even get out of bed. Yeah. And I remember seeing you throughout that summer. You looked like you, like, you looked like you dropped 45 pounds. Probably did. You probably did. <laughs> and it, you'd look sick. I, yeah. It was good to see you, that you left. Like it, it was like, oh man, like he couldn't finish, but it made sense. They overworked you. That sucked. Yeah. So I I did the best that I could and I think you know, I didn't leave on bad terms. I think they understood. I had I had a doctor's note and everything. Yeah. And I couldn't stay. The thing that I regret like I missed you know, the the hanging out with the other cabin leaders like you, Nolan, you know, Tyler G, whatever, like yeah. all the guys, just all the harassings that we do jokes we play, the stories we tell, it was just nice. Yeah. Like one one year I think I was with Kalum and then we uh we stayed what was it? We stayed the night for Easter or something like that. For Easter celebration or something. And then he ended up not being able to sleep in the bed. So what did he go and do? He took the curtain from the window and then he went and sat by the heater in the hallway and slept there. Yeah, man, Caleb's just a different cat. <laughs> one of a kind. Combined, um, we have too many bad ideas. Right? Yeah, there, and there's not enough Matthews in the world to put out those fires between the two of you. <laughs> well, he couldn't take it. There was actually one time where we hung out with Matthew, Caleb, and Jaden. Oh my goodness, Matthew couldn't keep up. Because it's basically like putting three of me in one room with right? Matthew. Yeah, that poor guy. He was getting his nipples pinched. He was getting scooped. He was getting called a wiggly worm. And all kinds of things. <laughs> and all... I thought, I don't know how he holds on to his sanity after being a roommate with me for a year. Yeah. Like, that would take a toll on you. Yeah, I think I was looking like, no, nah, I'm out. But <laughs> um, he kept it together. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> oh, man, Matthew, I love him. Sugar Daddy Matty. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so you mentioned, like, getting the uh, Evie, her, like, visa stuff. Yeah. And what was that like? That was she was definitely worth. It, don't get me wrong. I'd oh always, yeah, so much. <laughs> I'd always joke. I'd be like, oh, I'm I'm definitely a sugar daddy right now because like <laughs> she couldn't work, right? So yeah. I was paying for everything. But so immigration. Um, anybody who's gone through this process, whether it's a work or a student or whatever visa, it's it's rough. But in in this case here, for spousal, you have a, a stack of papers that's like the size of your thumb. And they need to be in a certain order. They need to be filled out properly. They need to have like proofs of your relationship, uh, pictures of your wedding, pictures of your relationship, whatever. They all need to be signed at certain parts and not signed by the, the computer. You know how sometimes you can sign by mm-hmm. the computer. They need to be signed by hand. So you have to print everything out? Yeah. So we, we sent them off once uh, in November and then we. We got them back. 
because I didn't fill out something correctly with my work, my on my options from the government. Um, also, my letter from my work wasn't good enough, that kind of thing. Mm. So we, we did it again, and then we sent it back. And then after that, we got it back again. And this this one here kind of got us mad. So on one of the pages, we signed it with the computer, not by pen. They sent it back because we did not sign it by pen. So Evie, we started applying in November for her like permanent residency. Mm-hmm. No, we started in September. I don't know. It was just a long time. And she ended up getting her, her stuff in... June. June of the next year. June of the next year. So she was unable to work from when she was done camp till holy. And you supported the two of you. Yeah, I learned how to count every cent, that's for sure. Jeez. (laughs) That's impressive, man. I made made up a spreadsheet, like with Excel and whatnot. Yeah. That just keeps track of all that for me so I know what's going in and what's going out. And even to this day, I still use it it, because it helps. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're the one person who I'm pretty sure will just be a millionaire by the time you're 45 because you're just that Hopefully. scrupulous with money. Hopefully. I mean, I'll either get there by working or luck or by not spending anything. <laughs> right? <I'm, laughs> yeah, it's one of the two. Okay. So speaking of you becoming a millionaire, you have a job or a, a business idea. And yeah. I don't know if I have the right one in mind. Uh, let's hear it. Well, I've always thought, you know what? Mattresses need to be tested. I'm the perfect candidate for the position. <laughs> So I'm willing to put myself out there. To anybody listening, if you need a mattress tested, I am your person. I will be there. I will charge you a fee, but I will be there. <laughs> and I will test your mattress for knocking. But that's not the business idea. Uh, I was excited about mattress testing with Jade. I know. Yeah, <laughs> definitely did that before to keep warm <laughs> on the lake track. Um, but no, so this this is the idea that I have. So there was, there was a period where uh, Evie was kind of wondering if she would continue working or not at her current job because her, her job is it's, it was rough at first and she wasn't sure if she was going to make it. Now she's doing awesome and she wants to stay there forever. Yeah. What's she doing for work? Uh, she is a freight broker. So basically she, she helps people with logistics and shipping. Okay. Uh, get from A to B. So at first it was rough because she just wasn't getting any clients. Mm-hmm. So I was stressing her out, but then, um, in the last couple of months, she's been killing it. Like I cannot emphasize that enough. They thought she would get like a thousand in sales, and she got like four thousand or like five. in a single month. Yeah. So she did she earn that RG? If you, no, start, no, if you don't mind me asking, no, okay. not all of it. Oh, bummer. <laughs> she gets like four percent. But but yeah, so she's she's doing pretty well with that, and I'm proud of her for seeing that. But there was a time where we weren't sure if it was what it would work out. Then I ended up, I got her camera because I was like, okay, she knows how to use a camera and whatnot, so she can just go and take pictures. And the funny thing was, I ended up liking the camera more than her. <laughs> so I, I spent some time studying and studying and studying. And then, yeah, I just decided, you know, why not start up a business with this camera? Because I thought about, I don't like to buy things just because I want them. Mm-hmm. I like to buy things because they're cool and because they could make me money. Yeah. So, with the camera, I thought I could take pictures of people. You know, I really like portraits. Yeah, I like to, to get people in, in a you know an environment that suits them. You know, have them dress nice, whatever. Go out in the snow if it's not too cold. <laughs> go inside if they're assisting you, whatever. Right. And then what I do from then is you know we sit down, we pick the best photo, and then I get somebody to paint it. Okay. So we take the photos. I give them the photos. I give them a print to the photos, whatever. And then also a painting. And really, size is relative. We could, depends how big of a painting you want, actually. Yeah. It's as big as a jersey if you want, or big or whatever. Yeah. But we've been starting with small. We did a test run with uh, a friend of mine from work. And that went pretty well. He was, fun- he was funny. He's, uh, he's from South Africa. So when he got the picture, he was just dancing. He was like, oh, you made me look so good. So happy. <laughs> I wish I would record that on video. That was comic gold. But, but yeah, and then I went and, and took photos with, with Sophia as well. Yeah. And she really enjoyed the photos that we got. Um, yeah, just starting out, just trying to see see what happens on the side. You know, it might not be my ultimate business, but I think it'll it 
should help along the way. Yeah. So do we got like some sort of social? I know you're like impossible to get on social media. We but do. You have a social media. Let's hear it. We uh, we do have a social media. It is it's under my name, of course, because I need to keep my reputation intact. Right. Yeah. The the name is Oliveira, which is Portuguese. My wife's uh, last name before she got married. So Olive IRA Visual Arts, and that's what our handle is on Instagram, and. She's supposed to be taking care of that, but so far it's mostly been me, so I'm kind of trying to figure these things out. Um, as a lot of you guys might not know this, but I don't have any kind of social media or, or anything really. I only got LinkedIn last year just because I figured, hey, oh you get a job, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but Facebook, anything like that, I... Impossible to find. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's the one thing I find interesting. So, yeah, Oliveira on Instagram. I'll like I'll definitely plug that into the into my social medias. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So also okay. So you're my age. You got married a year ago. That's crazy. A. It seems like you guys have a successful marriage. So congratulations on that. Um, man, what's it like getting married at twenty twenty two? Well, it was it was the best decision of my life. Like in all honesty, because the thing the thing about marriage and i'm going to tell you a little bit of an investing thing too here so picking picking a woman is a lot like picking a stock right one can either make you very successful and wealthy or if you pick the wrong one it can make you broke right lose all your money so you got to be really careful when you choose but if you choose the right person um it's very fulfilling because it's you don't have to do everything by yourself anymore mm -hmm. so like you know at camp, I learned how to clean, so I I help I help with that end of it. And Evie, she's an incredible cook. Me, I can't cook to save my life. <laughs> I always, you know, relied on other people to cook. I always tried to steal leftovers from the kitchen when I was at camp to eat at home, whatever. But it's it's a sh sharing of responsibility. And then I I handle the finances and whatnot. I pay the bills, make sure they're done on time. And she could do that too. Like we can both do things. I could cook if I had to, and probably wouldn't die. But <laughs> You know, it's 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 great if you guys are working as a team. Yeah, teamwork is important, and and communication, like what you guys need, and um, yeah, just keeping that keeping that going. So it's been it's been interesting because we're very similar as people. Evie's a lot cleaner than I am, just because you know Brazilian shower like fifteen times a day. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really compare to that, right? But but yeah. It's been, it's been an adventure, and I'm glad she's with me on it. Yeah, man. Like, it's, like as soon as she came to Canada, I was just like, oh, man, this, this woman's going to marry Jane. Yeah. First conversation, like, yeah, I, I already know. And obviously you knew, because, what, you, you, how long did you guys know each other before you got married, before you even got a ring on her finger? Oh, it was, it was real quick. It was real, uh, we met January 22nd, uh, 20, I guess 2018. And we we got married, or when I proposed to her, it was Canada Day. Canada July first. It was either the day before Canada Day or the day of Canada Day. I'm not sure. I think it was before. Canada. It was probably was, before. was that at the zoo, or where, where did you uh, propose to her? Well, that was was the day we had the the fireworks in Gimli. Okay. Um, I I went and I took her to a nice like little little road area where you could fully see the moon. Nice. Like there was no light pollution or anything, and the moon was just absolutely beautiful that day. And this is the funny thing, because I always do everything so backwards. So before before we uh, we went there, I didn't have the ring, because we went and we picked it together, and then I gave it to her to hold on to. So I was thinking, like, man, why did I do something so stupid? Because I need that ring to propose to her. And then I thought, wait, do I really need that ring? Because I still have a picture of the ring. Maybe I can use that to surprise her. So then that's what I used to propose to her and it worked. There you go. <laughs> so don't be, don't lose heart if you gave your ring. I mean, don't give your ring to her in the first place. Sorry for my, from your experience. <laughs> and then what, you guys got married in September? Yeah. Of 2018? Yeah, we got married September 7th or the 8th. Because we got married on one day and the paperwork says another day because the, the lady didn't fill out a right. But, Oops. Uh, okay, so, he's 10 months. Nine months. Nine months. Not even nine, nine months. Eight. Yeah. 
like eight and a half months. That is insane, man. And we started dating February 12th, so we were... What? Yeah. It's like 20... What is that? That's the... We knew each other for 20 days. Holy butts. And you're just like, wow, I definitely... Yep, this woman got her. (laughs) Oh, shoot, she likes me too. Might as well just... Leave and go back to Canada. Yeah, I'll just dip, and then she can come up to Canada. We'll figure it out from there. Yeah. You're a crazy cat, man. <laughs> Interesting. It really does. <laughs> like, oh, I, like I wasn't shocked. But I was like, yeah, they're gonna get married. I didn't expect. It was funny because I don't think other people expected it. Because maybe, maybe you saw it coming, but. People thought like you or Adam would come back with someone. Well, or something. it was I was this close. Unfortunately, she shut me down because reasons. But whatever, um, <laughs> that's <for you>. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, I wasn't even shy. I was like, no, Jade's gonna be the one that actually wants to back into the center at some point. The Brazilian do like And oh yeah, he he hit the jackpot because Evie's one of the kindest people. Yeah, for sure. You guys are a great match. Um, okay, what was growing up in Lorette like? Well, I mean, I was I was a little bit round as a child <laughs> because I didn't understand the value of exercise. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, growing up, I didn't really do anything. I played video games all day. I thought I'd be professional. And then you found out Koreans were crazy insane and that you'd never have a chance? I don't know. I just didn't. Because whenever I whenever I entered a competition, I entered a really stupid one. Like so, for example, growing up, I played PlayStation Two all the time or Super Nintendo or something. And when I go and enter a competition, we play Mario Tennis on a GameCube, which I never played. <laughs> so I, I got wrecked. I got like I don't know ninth. Had no idea how to play this Mario Tennis. Rip. <laughs> yeah, I just didn't make the smartest choices. But yeah, we growing up, I. I had to learn how to mature fairly quickly just because the, uh, the circumstance that I grew at were there and they need to make some decisions quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I played baseball too. That's something I think most people know. I played it for 10 years. Yeah. Grew up playing that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, one, one time I, I, was, I was so fat when I was in uh, what was I, 13, 14. I was so fat. I was lying in my bed, and I thought that I was having a heart attack. So then, I, so then that year, I just completely lost so much weight. I went from like one, I think it was one eighty nine at my biggest, Ooh. to one forty three. I shredded pounds because I I would just go and work out, work out, work out, work out, and then come back and play more video games and work out, work out. Basically, Joel from camp. I was basically doing what he was doing. Yeah, yeah. Except not strength, just cardio. Just cardio. But saying you drop that much weight at that age, oh, it's like, liberating. Yeah, that is just one tiny thing, and you're like, nope, I have to, I have to be better. And, well, because I thought I was having a heart attack. And <laughs> yeah, that's a, like, have that maturity and know that's like, well, either I'm gonna die at 18 or younger, or <laughs> or I or I can get fit. Um, I don't know. Like that's the, that's the thing I love about you, your audacity. It's just, but not audacity. Your your resilience. Sorry. You're just like, no, we're just going to go do it, and then we're going to go be good at it. I don't know. That's just something I've always respected about you. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't understand, like, when when that started, that resilience. Like, it's hard to think back an exact date, because I guess growing up, I saw a lot of people just, you know, giving up along the way. But I remember when I was, I was at back, back in this time when this happened, and I was just biking back to my friend's house. And it was just raining and raining. The wind was at my face. I don't know how this happened. Every time I biked to my friend's house to Lorette, the wind was in my face going there and in my face going back. <laughs> I don't know what happened or what. But one day I was just thinking, you know, if you keep going, you'll get there. Yeah. But if you stop, you'll never get anywhere. So then at that point, something kind of clicked where I wanted to, to keep going and not give up and keep pushing and keep you know, growing. Because... Um, I had a little bit of a crisis when I was 18. I realized I wasted my life playing games. Mm-hmm. So that kind of added gasoline to the fire, I guess. Yeah. And it's that's the earliest I can think of where, where I have that memory. Just because, yeah. Yeah, or just something lit a fire under your ass and you just like, yeah. I'm going to be better than this. 
Do you think that's something that guys our age are starting to see more and more, or do you think that's just something that's in a select few? I don't know. It's hard to like put a broad label on on like an entire gender, but I know we like as as guys, you know, we're kind of we're kind of built to conquer and to achieve and to do, right? And that's why a lot of us find video games so so captivating. It's because they give us that sense of accomplishment, that feeling, you know, of achieving. But it's it's so much more when you when you do, you know, when you do it with your hands. Like like yesterday, I'm gonna go full out nerd here on you guys. <laughs> but my my dad he gave me gave me an Xbox. He found it outside by the trash somewhere. And he's like, here, can you use something for this? Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, I don't know. I was like, all right, we'll, we'll see what it is. And I, I take it home, and I open this thing up, and man, I've never seen anything so dusty. It was like one hour away of, like, you know, sitting on flames from the dust. Yeah. So so I clean it out, and then I, I try playing a game, and it doesn't work. I try playing, like, a downloaded game on it, it works. I'm like, okay, the, the Xbox works, but the disc doesn't somehow. So then I, I started to study and think and to challenge. You know, it's important to just find random challenges for yourself. Um, and eventually I figured out that on the laser, there's something that adjusts how strong the laser is. And I made it so the laser's strong because over time lasers get weaker. Um, and then it worked. And then I was so happy. I was like, oh, I'm so fired up. I'm going to turn this on. I'm going to play a little bit of, of GTA. And I'm, I'm going to just go ham on it, right? To enjoy that. And then I, I put in GTA, and then I get this block. It's like parental advisory. They put a block on this. Thing, so I can't play GTA. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm still not giving up. Whatever, I'm going to do this. So then I go and I I try entering the passwords, and I think, like, okay, what would be common passwords people would use? And I try to use those. And eventually I got it. It was just hitting the Y button four times. It's pretty basic. Classic. <laughs> so I, I, was, I told Evie, I was like, it's a good thing I'm not their kid. Yeah, I've been playing GTA all night. But, you know, it's important to do things like that to challenge yourself even just a little bit like just an evening you know yeah and i learned a lot from that because you know it's not just xbox that have lasers it's playstations it's dvd players blue blu-ray players whatever it translates over um just find something you're passionate about and push so if you're given the chance let's just say someone just like here's fifty thousand dollars so that's a reasonable amount of money so you could live for anywhere between six and a, six months and a year, right? Yeah. Easily. So you shouldn't be able to anyways. <laughs> um, but what are you going to, like, what, so this is passion project money. What would you do if you had that opportunity? What's the big passion behind Gabe LeBron? That's a good question. With $50,000, like my first thought would be to, would be to invest. Classic. Classic <laughs> you, man. Because because I know, right? I would wait until there's a you know, until there's a sale, let's call it, and then I would just sit on that one, mm -hmm. just until that time, until that sale. And then, ironically, I have a spreadsheet that can check out companies, yeah, make sure they're they're okay, and then I would just put that into investing in companies that I think um, are durable enough to weather a recession, like that. Yeah. So that way, when the um, recession lifts and the prices go back up, then I could. Then you would give that gram back and have some in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. But, so okay, but like, what are you really passionate about? Like, what's your, what's the thing that you would do if money wasn't an object? I guess. Well, I always make this joke about just going jet skiing all day. Just jet skiing. Because I'm, I always tell you, be like, you know, that's what we're gonna do when we're, we retire. We're just gonna go jet skiing. Love it. <laughs> on the beach and just give Yeah. Okay. I do, I do want to spend some time in Brazil as well, just move there and, and get better at Portuguese, um, spend some time with Evie's family. And yeah. You think that's hard? Like that's, that's obviously got to be hard on her being away from the family like that, or how do oh, you figure that's on her? It's it's definitely harder, but having WhatsApp and, and whatnot helps because yep. you can video chat with them. And it's not the same as being there, right? Yeah. But it, it helps to see them <laughs> and to see their expressions and to hear their stories. Uh, yeah, she left. She definitely left a lot to come and be here in Canada. Had a lot of good friends, and she still keeps in touch. But yeah, it's obviously not the same. But. Yeah, but she's meeting new people here. She's having, she's having fun. There's lots of Brazilians everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
There's a whole community here in Winnipeg, actually. Yeah, I'm not even shocked about that. I don't know why everyone comes to Winnipeg, man. You just have everybody here. Yeah. <laughs> At least somebody come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty wide tangent from growing up in Loretta, but that's... Hey, man, like, wherever it goes, like, I've got no real beef with how things go. <laughs> I've got, like, six questions, and we've had 50 minutes worth of conversation, so we're doing pretty all right with ourselves. Um, okay, so is there any... Like, so you've done, like, lots of, like, little weird schooling things that kind of required... Uh, books what, what's a book that you would recommend for people to read? Um, <clears throat> I would say it really depends on the person, but if I were to just say the book that's helped me the most, I would say Organizing Your Private World by Andy McDonald. That one is more about like personal growth. Because mm-hmm. before... I used to have this big problem where I would say, yeah, I can, I can do this thing. And I, you know, I, I'd, I'd schedule two things at the same time. And then I'd blow off the other two things and go do one thing. And I have two people mad. Um, and then, so what I started doing was keeping a calendar after that. So from that calendar, you know, I can keep track when I need to pay my insurance, when I need to, um, pay my bills. I can keep track of birthdays because I don't have Facebook. So I need to a more ancient tried and true method. Um, and then, yeah, we, that book helped me realize the importance of, of being committed to your word. And if you're going to, if you, if you say you're going to do something to do it and not just do it because you have to, but do it well because you want to, mm-hmm. um, that book taught me, taught me a lot about that. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Let's like, like, I like people who talk about personal growth. I wanted you on as early as I could because it's worth my heart so much, my man. <laughs> um, oh man, we've covered everything. I've got eight minutes to go. Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll figure this out. Um, so, you know, just Brazil. What was the best thing about Brazil besides meeting your wife? Oh, Brazil. <laughs> that was that was ridiculous. So. Uh, I'm just going to tell a little. I got eight minutes. I got yeah, uh, if not, we can talk about that time you went to Cuba. Cuba? Haiti. Uh, Haiti and Africa. Man. Okay, humanitarian, I can find. Actually, sir, let's, let's bypass all of that. Okay, so you grew up in a not Christian home. By far. By far. Okay, how did you. How did this all come about? Because I'm curious. Um, I, I think I've heard it, but for other folks that want to listen. Yeah, so essentially what happened was when when I was younger, I I didn't want to go to church at all. I didn't want to be involved. I thought that they were business, trying to get my money, and I didn't want to give anything. I never, I was never generous at all. Now I'm super generous. I don't know how I, how I ended up with that. And, but, but yeah, so growing up, you know, I saw a Catholic church, and I it just wasn't for me, right? Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would always have to go, and I didn't really want to go. And then I met uh, Caleb, actually, in high school, and then he'd always invite me to go to these youth groups, and he'd say, like, oh, we play football, and that was it. That's all I needed to hear. If there was football being played, I was there. <laughs> so uh, I went to a young adults group, like grade 10 or 11, something like that. Yep. And they were just giving out these Bibles there. And I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna go ahead and and grab one and just take it because I like books. I have a bookshelf. It's free. What do I have to lose? Yeah. So then I kept it on my bookshelf for for a year while I kept going to these youth groups and oh, my favorite thing about the youth groups was when you would go to random people's houses and eat food. Classic. Like parents from the yeah. You just show up and go for food and then yeah. go to another house. And, oh, we just, we eat so much, and that's my favorite. But, yeah, so I was just continuing that, doing my life. And then when I was 17, almost 18, like, I was barely, like, I was almost leaving teenagerhood. I was actually in a relationship, and then that fell apart. My family life was falling apart. 
I didn't know what I was going to do after high school. I wanted to go, I was trying to think here, you know, do I go work in the rigs? Do I move? Do I stay here? Do, what do I do? And then I just, I just got so mad one day. I came home from school and I just, just slammed the door and just punched it as hard as I could. And my door was super thin, so I just uh, ended up putting something. And then I just felt like, you know, it's, I don't know why. I just felt like it's time to read that thing. By this time, it had been dusty and whatnot. So I opened it up and I come across to a verse in First Peter and it says, for this you have been called. And then it goes on. I, I, I didn't see after it. It said suffering as Christ suffered. Um, leave an example that you should follow in his steps. I, I didn't see that. I didn't see the hard part. <laughs> but I saw for this you've been called. And I was like, oh, what is this? I just felt like there's more to life than, than all of this brokenness. There's more to life than all of this pain. And I just felt like it was, it was time for me to try something else. So at first I was kind of skeptic because... That's just that's just the way I am. I always try to suppress feelings and rely heavily on logic. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, so it, and I was reading it quite a bit at that time. It was at least three, four hours a day, just trying to understand and, and trying to see. And it still never it never really clicked in for, for me. Logically, I couldn't understand it because in order for actions to work. Um, your mind and your heart need to be in it. You can't have one and not the other. So what happened was I was driving to Canadian Tire to get one of the many car parts that I needed for my car. The Cavalier was just a... I would have been better off riding a horse. <laughs> um, I, I was going into the parking lot and I, I was sliding out of control. And this was funny because I actually heard this in French. It was um, saying, for God is my shield. And then the car just stopped. I didn't hide. I didn't hit that light post, and that was when it um, it became real to me and a a more of a commitment. And that was when like healing started to take place, and I could find the the strength to do things, um, to go forward and to forgive people. Which, oh, believe me, it's an easy sometimes. Sometimes nope. you just wanna, you know, just not talk to that person for the rest of your life. Yeah, but yeah, it's. That that would be that would be my testimony. I was seventeen. Seventeen. Man, that's such an interesting age. Like generally by the time you're a lot of people it just it doesn't click at that point. And I always find it interesting guys who find uh religion later just like, yeah, no, it was just a simple little thing and it just happened this way and now I'm here. Yeah. So I don't know, like, it's cool. I love hearing, you know, how, how you found your religion. Yeah. Your faith, I guess. Love it. Yeah. I'm not sure how close we are. To... We're, we're, we got two minutes here. Uh, two minutes are like, asked all my fun, easy questions here. Because you go on good tangents in this all. Just... Um, okay. I know the answer to this, but we got to ask for the folks. You could see, if you could meet one person dead or alive, who would you meet? Oh, that's a good question. You're going out for coffee, you got one hour with them, and then they. So I have to choose whether they're dead or alive, right? No, no, they can be dead or I alive. Don't <laughs> you sick, sick fool. Yeah. Um, I would have to say Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. I want to learn uh, about more about his investing. I guess. Oh yeah, what, third richest man on the planet in the planet. Oh, he's not. He's not. Not doing. That's for sure. No, it's definitely doing the opposite of that. That guy's ridiculous. Yeah, that would be it for the person I want to meet. Yeah, you get one hour, you get to converse with a little more. Ask some questions, because I read a lot of books that were either written by him or written about him, so I'd probably be able to keep the conversation going. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, I would say I want to be, I want to have my own business in some way. And then I also want to, to do better at the, the job I have now. Um, I'd like to, if possible, get a senior role there, quality control or something like that. Yeah. Just to be able to make some, you know, bigger decisions. Yeah. Just to, you know, maybe management or something, whatever. I mean, I'd have to, I'd have to get that in five years, but. You never know. You'll get there. 
you believe in yourself? Yeah. yeah. But that would that would be it. I just oh, the biggest thing is in five years I don't want to have any regrets. Things that I could have done. Nice. All right, we got ten seconds. Anything last you want to say? I just want to say to Gage and Sophia, sorry for playing that joke on you, and happy you found out. <laughs> All right, best wishes. Thank you, Jade.